0: بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشيطان الرجيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. فبعث الله غرابا. When he killed his brother, despite the warning that was given to him, despite the great advice that he was given, yet nothing benefited him, he still killed him. Now with the body of his brother, he didn't know what to do. In that fury, in that rage, when a person takes action, let's say he breaks a dish, He throws dishes, right? Or he bangs doors. Or he knocks off a bookshelf and everything's on the floor now. So eventually when that rage is over, and he sees all that mess, his brain is not functioning. Something so obvious, that okay, pick up everything and put it back. Right? It's just not working. Brain is not functioning properly anymore. So just like that, this person, he's sitting there, didn't know what to do with the body of his brother. فَبَعَثَ اللَّهُ غُرَابًا So Allah sent a crow. Crow, معروف creature. We know about it. You know seagulls, if you go to other parts of the world, you'll find as many crows as you find seagulls over here. So anyway, Allah sent a crow. And this crow, يَبْحَثُ فِي Ardi, It was searching in the ground. يَبْحَثُ is from بَحْث. And Bahatha is to scratch. Now when you scratch the surface of something, why do you do that? In order to see what is underneath. So you're searching for something, you're looking for something. And as you scratch, you're almost digging. So يبحث في الأرض, it was as though searching for something in the ground, scratching the earth, and in that process he was like digging. So when he saw the crow digging the soil like that, it occurred to him that, okay, let me also dig the ground and then put my brother in and bury him. يبحث في الأرض why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send this crow that was scratching the earth? لِيُرِيَهُ So that he can show him, so that Allah would teach him, who? This man who had killed his brother, كَيْفَ يواري, How he should hide سَوْأَةَ The corpse of his brother. The word so'a literally means disgrace. سِنْ Disgrace. Meaning something which if you reveal, it's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment. So it should not be revealed, it should not be exposed. The same word is also used for private part. Because a private part should not be exposed. If it's exposed, if it's revealed, then this is a means of embarrassment for a person, disgrace for him, it's a means of humiliation for him. And a corpse, a dead body is called sawah. Why? Because all of it should be covered. All of it should be concealed. When a person is being buried, then even the face has to be shrouded. The hands, the feet, everything has to be in the coffin, Except for who? In the case of the person who was in ihram, when he passed away. In his case, a man obviously, then his head is left uncovered. His face and head is left uncovered. And he will rise on the Day of Judgment saying the talbiya. So anyway, the entire body is awrah. So the entire body is called sawah. It's corpse. So, كيف Yuwari سوءة Now what do we see over here? That the action of a crow reminded this man how to bury the body of his brother. Sometimes you learn from incidents, from people, from creatures that you could never even imagine you would learn something from them. You think you would learn from a big book. You would learn from an extremely knowledgeable professor. But sometimes you can learn from little children as well. Sometimes you can learn from animals as well. And we see that so many things people have learned from who? From animals. And who sent them? Who taught them these things? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught them. Just like over here, Allah sent the crow in order to teach this man. So what happened then? He said, Oh woe to me. Wailata. This is actually wailati. Waili, wail. Wail means destruction. Woe. That, oh, may I be destroyed. Oh, woe to me. And why was wailati turned into wailata? Because when you sigh, you say, ah. So, ya wailata, too was I so incapable and akuna that I should be mithla hadal ghurral? That I should be like this crow? That I am so weak that I'm not even like this crow? This crow knew how to dig the earth and find something in it or hide something in it. And here I am, I don't even know how to deal with the dead body of my brother. So that I could hide the corpse of my brother. فَأَصْبَحَ So he became of the regretful. Nadimin from نَدْم noon Meaning before, he was not regretful. When he saw the crow, Scratching the earth, digging the earth, hiding something in it, taking something out. And that taught him how to hide the body of his brother, how to bury it. That is what caused him to become regretful. Before he wasn't. The action of the crow made him realize how weak he was, how ignorant he was. And he became of the regretful. But remember that regret alone is not enough is not of benefit. Because sometimes what happens is, we do something wrong, and we're like, yeah, I'm so upset with myself. I'm so sad. Why did I do this? Why did I say this? Why didn't I study harder? Why didn't I take the class seriously? Okay, there is نَدْم, there is regret. But regret alone is of no use. It's of no benefit. What benefits a person? islah after nadam. That when you fix the problem, after the regret. So for example, if you've destroyed your relationship with someone because of the harsh things that you said to them, and later on you feel sorry, you feel bad, then what should you do? What should you do then? Just feel bad about it? What do you have to do? Apologize, right? Make up. Mend the relationship that you destroyed. Because if you don't mend it, if you don't go apologize, if you don't say sorry, then your regret means nothing. It's of no use. So فَأَصْبَحَ مِنَ النَّادِمِينَ This person, he just became regretful. But that was it. He didn't fix anything. He didn't do tawbah. He didn't repent from his sin. He didn't make up for it. فَأَصْبَحَ مِنَ النَّادِمِينَ And the thing is that certain crimes, certain sins, when they're committed, the instant punishment of that sin is regret in the heart, guilt in the heart, which depresses people, makes them sad and miserable. And then they turn towards different things to bring satisfaction, to be happy, but they can never be happy. Why? Because when you've hurt someone, when you've wronged someone, that guilt is gonna eat you up. No matter what you do, it can never make you happy. You have to fix the problem. You have to mend the relationship. You have to make up for the harm that you caused someone. That will bring you happiness. سَفَأَصْبَحَ so مِنَ النَّادِمِينَ The Prophet ﷺ said, There is no sin that is more worthy of Allah hastening its punishment in this life in addition to what He has in store for its offender in the year after, more than transgression and cutting the relations of the womb. Meaning these two sins, transgression against people and cutting the relationships of the womb, meaning blood ties. These two sins they bring punishment in this dunya. A person is punished for it in this dunya, before he is punished in the hereafter. And what is that punishment many times? Guilt. Unhappiness in the heart. That remorse. That no matter what you do, you can never be satisfied. You can never be happy. That guilt just eats you up inside. فَأَصْبَحَ مِنَ النَّادِمِينَ مِنْ أَجْلِ ذَلِكَ Now because of this reason, because of what reason? That how this man committed murder, he killed his own brother, and because he was the first person to commit murder, he was the one who initiated this crime, then what happened? Everyone after him who commits murder, he gets a share of their sin as well. Yes. Why? Because he started this evil practice when a person starts a good thing, he initiates a good thing, that everyone who does that good thing after him, even centuries later, even centuries later, then the person who started it gets a share of the reward. Likewise, if a person starts something evil, something bad, a bad practice, you know, for example, the one who started the giving and taking of interest. Now, this bad practice is going on even hundreds and hundreds of years later. So, he will get the sin of everyone who participates in this. Just like that, the son of Adam who committed murder, because he started it before that there was no awareness of what it means to kill someone. So everyone who commits murder afterwards, he gets a sin of that. He killed only one man, only his brother, but it is as though he killed so many people. Because he gets a sin of all the murders that take place thereafter. So one murder becomes equal to how many murders? All the murders. Because the thing is, that when he disrespected one human life, it is as though he disrespected every human life. You know, it's like if a person refuses to believe in one messenger, it's as though he has rejected all of the messengers. Because rejecting one messenger is like rejecting all of them. So this is the reason why. mean, ajli because of this reason, katabna ala bani Israel. We wrote, meaning we prescribed for the Bani Israel, annahu that indeed he man qatala nafsan, whoever kills a soul, meaning whoever kills a person, and this person whom he killed was biqayin nafsin, not for another soul, meaning he killed him not as kasas. So, in other words, this person whom he killed was innocent. Because when is it allowed to take someone's life when they have taken somebody else's life? Tell me, what's the punishment for murder? Qatl, right? That the murderer's life is taken away. But over here we see, Man Qatala nafsan bi gayri He killed a person not for another soul. Meaning, not in seeking justice for Another person who was killed. Oh Fasadin Fil Ardi. Or he didn't kill him because of some Fasad in the earth. So in other words, this was an innocent person whom he killed. Because there are two reasons mentioned over here that justify taking somebody's life. What are those two reasons? First of all, nafs that he killed a person. Secondly, Fasad Fil Ard. What is Fasad Fil art? creating disorder in the land whether it is by committing such crimes which bring about capital punishment inshallah we will learn the details of what fasad fil ard is but basically it is committing acts of violence which take peace away from the society so that people's lives are in danger people's properties destroyed their means of livelihood are ruined so this is all fasad fil ard for example if a building is destroyed there are people inside, living there. Let's say it's a residential complex. And that whole building, or that whole area, is destroyed. People come in shooting, without any reason, throwing bombs over there, or whatever. And innocent people, they are killed. What is this? Fasad fil alat. So if a person commits such fasad fil alat, then he is a criminal. And his life should be taken. Meaning he should be killed. So anyway, over here we see, That man قَتَلَ نَفْسًا بِغَيْرِ نَفْسٍ أَهُ فَسَادٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ He killed him, not because he had killed someone, not because he had committed some fasad فِي الْأَرْضِ So in other words, he was an innocent individual. He killed him. Then فَكَأَنَّمَا قَتَلَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Then it is as though he killed all of mankind, all people. What does this mean? Killing one human being is equal to killing all of human race. Killing one human being is equal to killing all of humanity. Why? Because when you don't have respect for one human life, then you don't have respect for any human being. You violated the sanctity of human life, whether you kill one, or you kill ten, or you kill a hundred. You have no respect for human beings. This is why the sin is multiplied. The sin is so serious. قَتَلَ النَّاسَ جميعًا Just like the son of Adam when he killed his brother. What did that mean for him? As if he killed all people. Woman And whoever saves a life. أَحْيَاهَا Ahya أحيا gives life literally. had to it meaning to enaps. Now obviously only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives life. So what does it mean by this over here? It means that he saved a life. He spared a life. If he saved a life, he let someone live, he spared their life, then فَكَأَنَّمَا أَحْيَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Then it as though he saved the life of every single human being, all of humanity. As if he rescued the entire human race. As if he saved the entire human race. Why? Because when one life is precious to him, that means that every human life is precious and sacred to him. If he respects the life of one human being, that means he respects the life of every human being. This is why saving a life is something that is so righteous, something that is so rewarding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this. And what are the ways of Saving people's lives. One way is that a person stops himself from killing someone. That he is able to kill someone. He has the ability. He has the strength. But he does not. Just like the other brother who said that even if you reach out to kill me, I'm not going to reach out to kill you. He saved a life. He could kill him, but he didn't. He stopped himself from killing him. So, when a person stops himself from killing one person, it is as though he has stopped himself from killing all of humanity. He has spared all human lives. Because think about it. When a gun is fired in the direction of one person, then is that one person only shot? No. Everyone who is around nearby, even they get shot. Sometimes it happens that a person intends to kill a particular individual, but he ends up killing three more people Because he wanted to kill that one individual. Isn't this what we see? Sometimes in the news, that's what we see. That they wanted to kill a particular individual. That was a target. But so many civilians, they get killed as well. They see a group of people together. They think there are some certain individuals there. They throw a bomb and they find out it was a wedding going on. So if you allow yourself to kill one person, you end up killing many people. And if you stop yourself from killing one person, you save the lives of many people as well. Because the murder of one person, what does it do? It leads to many murders, right? So this is why killing one person is like killing so many, and saving one person is like saving so many. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, "Unsur أَخَاكَ zaliman." أَوْ مَظْلُومَنْ Help your brother whether he is the one who is unjust or the one against whom injustice is being committed. Okay, the one who is being oppressed, understandable. But why the person who is doing wrong? Why help him? How help him? Help him as in stop him from doing wrong. You have to stop him from zulm. Because if you don't stop him from that qatl, then what's going to happen? So many lives are going to be in danger. So, من أحياها فَكَأَنَّمَا أحيَى النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا. There's an incident about Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه. That how, at the time of Uthman رضي الله when he was the Khalifa, there was some people who came to Medina and basically they were very violent and they intended to kill Uthman رضي عنه. They were upset about the fact that Ali رضي الله was not made the Khalifa, so they wanted Uthman رضي الله to be removed. But obviously Uthman was the Khalifa. And anyway, so they came equipped, they laid siege around the house of Uthman. And the people of Medina, they were seeking Affan's permission that please allow us to fight against these people, to get them out of the city of the Prophet ﷺ, so that they do not become violent. But Uthman did not allow. Why? Because he did not want any blood to be shed because of him. He did not want that any one person is killed in the city of the Prophet because of Uthman anhu So Abu Huraira anhu he managed to enter Uthman al anhu's house when he was under siege, and he said, "I came to give you my support. Now it is good to fight, meaning defending you, O oh leader of the believers." He said, "O oh Abu Huraira, does it please you that you kill all people, including me?" Oh Abu Huraira, does it please you that you kill all people, including me? He said no. He said, if you kill one man, it is as if you have killed all people. Therefore go back with my permission for you to leave. May you receive your reward and be saved from burden. So Abu Huraira, he left and he did not participate in that. Because killing one person is like killing everybody. Saving one person is like saving everybody. Then, man The one who saves a life. Saving a life also means over here that saving the life of someone who is about to die. Whether it is that somebody is about to murder him, so you stop the murder. Or that somebody is extremely sick to the point of death, so you, because of the knowledge that you have, the medical training that you have, you save their life. They were about to die, but you saved their life that it's as though you have saved all of humanity. And this is something so amazing. So amazing. The other day I was at the hospital. Somebody I know is allergic to nuts. And they had a serious encounter with nuts. And basically my son. And he was... Basically he couldn't breathe. He had hives all over. And just before we left the house, they told us to give the EpiPen. And it's like... An injection that you literally jab into someone's thigh. It was something very scary. Very scary to do that, you know, to your own son. I didn't do it. I didn't have the guts to do it. My husband did it. But I was just thinking the invention of this injection, even. Isn't this amazing? It can save somebody's life. Because for some people, it takes literally five minutes to have a severe reaction and they choke to death. They have serious brain damage or something and they are dead. Just the invention of an EpiPen. Right? The the invention of these amazing medical procedures which can save somebody's life. Right? And the training. I was at the hospital and I saw people All kinds of people suffering from so many different things. And I was admiring the nurses and the doctors over there. I know people when they're waiting over there, they're so angry, frustrated. But I was admiring the people who were working over there. The paramedics that are there, I mean, what are they doing? They're saving people's lives. Somebody could choke to death. Somebody could bleed to death. And what are they doing? Saving people's lives. And at the same time, I was feeling so sorry for them that if you're doing this without iman, then it means nothing. So when Allah has blessed someone with iman, then why should they not get the training to save people's lives? Why not? You know, if you know how to resuscitate someone, if you know how to Do these small things, warning signs, when to call 911, when to seek medical attention, when to go to the doctor. Even this can help save someone's life. If you have the medical training, if you are a doctor, if you are a nurse, if you train to be a paramedic, if you train to be, you know, someone who can save somebody's life, this is a great honor. This is something that will bring you great reward. But unfortunately people want to become doctors and nurses to make more money. People want their children to become a doctor. Why? So they can make more money. Don't become a doctor just to be rich. Become a doctor so that you can be rich in the hereafter. Okay? So that you can save so many people's lives. So that it is as though you have saved all of humanity. You can accumulate so much reward. You know, we think that if we want to be religious, we just have to become great scholars. Yes, but everyone doesn't need to be a scholar. It's the best thing to do. However, there are many other ways of serving humanity as well. And if Allah has given you that potential, that chance, that ability, then seek that training and save people's lives.
1: go. Uh, Even donating blood, like um, sometimes they're at at your school or in the mosque or whatever. So my friend was telling me how if you donate blood just once, you can save up to three lives. So my friend was actually brave enough to do it. And she was like, saving three times humanity feels pretty awesome. Yes,
0: it is pretty awesome. So فَكَأَنَّمَا أَحْيَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا It is as though he saved all of human life. Now, what does this teach us? This verse basically, it teaches us the importance of human life. How sacred it is. How sacred human life is. That it is so serious to save a life and it is so serious to destroy a life. To destroy a human life. But we see that unfortunately today, human life has become so cheap. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's as though people have no respect for humanity. So just for some personal benefits, some personal gains, hundreds and hundreds of lives will be destroyed. Hundreds of lives will be killed. And we see this. One person is killed, and because of that, one person, so many more are killed. Because it leads to violent behavior. فَكَأَنَّمَا قَتَلَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Allah says, وَلَقَدْ جَاءَتْهُمْ رُسُلُونَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ And our messengers had certainly come to them with clear proofs. To who? To the Bani Israel. And the gravity of murder was made very clear to them. But yet what happened? ثُمَّ إِنَّ كَثِيرًا مِّنْهُمْ Then indeed many from among them, بعد ذلك, after that, في الأرضي in the earth, they are La Musrifun, surely transgressors. That despite the fact they know how serious it is to murder someone, yet they transgress in the land. How? They commit murder. The Prophet ﷺ said, it is unlawful for you to shed the blood of one another or to take unlawfully the properties of one another. They are as unlawful as shedding blood on such a day as today, hajjatul wadaa and in such a month as this haram month. And in such a sanctified city as a sacred city. Which city was that? Makkah, when he said this statement. So killing someone is something very serious. Allah says, Indeed, the recompense of those people who, which people? ورسوله, who wage war against Allah and His Messenger. Waging war from Muharaba, Haraba, Harb is war. Muharaba is to wage war. Now obviously, no one can wage war against Allah because Allah cannot be fought with. What is meant over here is that they wage war against the servants of Allah for no just cause. They kill Allah's people without any justified reason. And this also means that they arrogantly defy and disobey the commands of Allah, the prohibitions that He has placed, that Allah has prohibited people from unlawful killings, and yet people go and kill. This is what? Waging war against Allah defying Allah's laws, not accepting them, rejecting them. So such people, وَيَسْعَوْنَ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَسَادًا And they also strive in the earth to create fasad. We learned earlier that the punishment for fasad fil ard is qatl. Now this verse elaborates on the punishment. What is the punishment for fasad fil ard? Allah says, أَن يُقَتَّلُوا Such people should be killed يصلبوا, or crucified or crucified or their hands and feet should be cut from opposite sides الأرض, or they should be exiled from the earth so many punishments are given over here for what waging war against allah and his messenger defying his laws and secondly fasad fil ard now what is fasad fil ard we discussed this a little bit earlier creating disorder in the earth Basically, facade means what? Decay. Facade is what? Decay. When something begins to go bad, deteriorate, it's not good anymore. So for example, there is a building, there is a street. Beautiful, well kept, well maintained, nicely painted, the road is smooth, people drive, they come and shop, maybe it's a residential area, people live there. If there is a bomb blast over there, for example then is that building still nice and clean? Will people be able to drive safely back and forth, come and shop there, come and eat there, come and live there? No. So, that bomb blast is what? Fasad fil Because it will cause decay. It will disrupt the peace of that area. People are harassed, their lives are in danger, their health, their safety, their means of livelihood are destroyed. And there are many ways of this. Many ways of this. There could be different reasons. People have their own reasons for for committing such violent actions. So it's basically all such violent actions, actions that spread terror in the hearts of people. This is what fasad fil-aght is. And people have their reasons for it. What reasons do people have? Sometimes they're taking revenge from the government or from some other government. I don't know how it affects really. I mean, these people who are living in one city, in one country, what do they have to do with people who are living across the globe? But their lives have to be killed because we're seeking justice. People have their own explanations. So anyway, people do all sorts of crazy things. Sometimes they will take others as a hostage. They will go to a place, let's say a bank, and they will get their guns out, and they will say, everybody in this room, and they will be with the police, I want one million dollars, or I want this thing out of my life where I want this to be done, I want that to be done and then I will let these people go. If not, I will kill them. And sometimes they do kill them. Blackmail. Blackmailing as well. Sometimes people will kidnap others and they will demand from the family that you give us this much money and then we will release your family members. Likewise we see robbery. You know, One is that you go to somebody's house, take their stuff when they're not at home. And the other is that their home when you break their window and walk in. And tell them to give us everything, otherwise you're dead. Harass them, physically abuse them. Sometimes people literally physically torture others. Sometimes they will put a gun against their head, and they will say, give us everything or else you're dead. Tell us this or else you're dead. Extreme vandalism. This is also a form of fasad fil <laughs> Spreading corrupt behavior. For example, a neighborhood, when does it become bad? When do you say that this neighborhood is not good? When people are involved in drugs, there are gangs, there's so much wrong going on that sometimes they try to recruit people into their gangs and if somebody refuses, they're beaten up and their life is in danger. So this is all facade. all public acts of violence, people who intimidate others, everything from dangerous driving even that can be a risk to other people's safety, to hold-ups and shootings and beating people up, destroying someone's property, violence and non-peaceful protests. This is also fasad fil odd Violence and demonstrations. So basically, all such acts that create terror. Unfortunately today, terrorism right, is only considered one type of crime. But the fact is that the scope of terrorism is really vast. There are many acts of terror. Many acts of violence. So this is what? fasad fill art And there are different levels and degrees. There are different levels of degrees. Remember, even bullying can be a part of this. We think bullying someone, we're just having fun. Mocking at their nose or their hair or their clothes and mocking at them every day, making fun of them, taking a picture and sharing it online and then spreading it. So it spreads like wildfire. And that person develops anorexia they become suicidal literally suicides will happen people will take their own lives away because they have been bullied this is fasad fil ard now the thing is that a person should stay away from such crimes because of allah's fear inni Akhafullah allah rabb but yet it happens that people don't have the fear of allah and they will commit fasad fil ard I remember someone I know in back home, her sibling brothers, they tell her, you're not allowed to go outside. So much they watch her, whatever she go, what she say, what she talk, how she talk to boys. So she gets so angry, she burn herself. So this is a kind of a sad fill-out. It doesn't mean that it's okay for someone to commit suicide. No, they should not commit suicide. But the people who are leading them in that direction... They are doing facade for
1: learning about all the fasad that goes on as Muslims we 're taught to uh, command the good and forbid the wrong and um, if you do if you look around there 's a lot of slavery that still exists in in a different form it's it 's facade, and what it is is people kidnap children and they sell them for horrible reasons, and this is happening all over the world, in places you, you wouldn't even think, and it turns into their lifestyle, and these people are forced to just live their lives like this, and I was looking at organizations that, you know, either free these people or look for these people and try to help them, and there's no Muslims out there doing this, unfortunately, you know, there's Christian organizations, there's, you know, humanitarians, but there's no Muslim organization that is doing this, like... This This is humanitarian work that needs to be done. And it's just...
0: Because this is is also saving people's lives.
1: And this is why we see people in Syria, brothers and sisters, what's happening over there is exactly what's been happening in the world. What's happening in Egypt right now is just so horrible. And subhanAllah, like... See, when there's no respect for human life, then there are no limits at all.
0: Then people can become extremely destructive, violent... And they don't realize what the consequences are. The consequences are severe in this dunya and in the hereafter. The fact that the punishment is so severe, it shows how severe the punishment will be in the hereafter. So what's the punishment for fasad fil ard? أَن يُقَتَّلُوا That such people should be killed. But notice the word يقتلوا, Brutally killed. Like severely killed. In a way that will be an example for the rest of the people. Oh you or they should be crucified, meaning they killed and crucified, that the body is displayed to the people so that they learn a lesson from it. خلاف, or that their hands and feet are cut from the opposite sides. So right hand and left foot. Left hand and right foot. This is how their hands and feet should be cut. Or they should be exiled from the land. Yunfo from نونفاية Nafi is to negate. So they're negated from the land, meaning they are exiled from it. And this means that they're removed from a particular area, whether it is that they're jailed or they're banned from coming to that area, but they are exiled from the land. Now, the punishment is at the discretion of the judge to decide depending on the nature of the crime. But this is the punishment. Allah says, This for them is humiliation in this world. فِي And for them in the hereafter is a great punishment. Because all of these punishments there is disgrace in it. That a person is not just killed but brutally killed, violently killed, assassinated. That a person is not just killed and buried but that the body is hung for people to see. That a person's hand is not just cut off, but hand and foot is cut off. Imagine, hand and foot is cut off. Or that a person is exiled, put in the prison, jailed. His freedom is taken away from him. Walahum fil In the hereafter is a greater punishment, far greater punishment. Now the thing is, when a person becomes a Muslim, when a person claims to be a Muslim, then it means that other people's lives and properties are saved from him. Al Muslimu man salimun Muslimuna wa yadihi. From his hand and tongue, other people are safe. This is who a Muslim is. This is why at the time of the Prophet when people would embrace Islam then they would give the Pledge of Allegiance to the Prophet They would make a promise to do certain things, to not do certain things. For example, Ubadah ibn al he said the Messenger of Allah took the same pledge from us that he also took from the women. That we do not commit shirk, we do not commit adultery, or kill our children, and that we do not spread falsehood about each other. We do not kill our children, we do not spread falsehood about each other, amongst other things that they had promised to do. So this is what? opposite of فَسَادْ فِي al. And when a person goes against this pledge, breaks it, kills people, kills innocents, then there are serious consequences for that. Because you see, peace is something that has to be enforced and maintained. People are taught, they are educated, but yet if they are violent in their behavior, if they commit serious crimes, then there should be serious consequences because peace has to be maintained. No violence can ever be tolerated in a Muslim society. Not in the house, not on the streets. It is not tolerated. This is how peaceful our religion is. And this is how peaceful the followers of this religion are supposed to be. But if you look at it today, we are far from this peace. Far from it. We don't even know that this is the kind of respect that we have to show to one another. But just because someone differs from us in their aqidah, in their philosophy, then their life is free for us to take. Now, this verse, it is said that it was revealed concerning a particular incident. We learned that some people from Urkul tribe and Uyayna, they came to the Messenger of Allah and they accepted Islam. Now, in Medina, after some time they became sick. They had come from outside, they became sick in Medina. They were unwell. So the Prophet he said, go with our shepherd in the desert, and over there you recover. Because the desert, the air is pure, the food is more pure." So they were sent to the desert with the shepherd of the Prophet to be treated by the foods over there. So anyway, they went as directed. And afterwards when they became healthy, they killed the shepherd of the Prophet They drove away the camels, and it is said that they didn't just kill him. They killed him, they cut his hand and foot, they put like melted copper or something in his eyes and they let him lie in the sun until he died. So they brutally killed him in a terrible way. Now this is what? An act of terror, right? An act of serious violence. Now when the news reached the Prophet ﷺ, he sent people in their pursuit and those men were captured. They were brought to Medina and the Prophet ﷺ had the same thing executed on them. The same thing that they did to the shepherd, the same thing was done to them. And what was that? He ordered that their hands and feet be cut off, and it was done. Their eyes were branded with heated pieces of iron, and next they were put in the sun until they died. But the Prophet Wasallam said, I'm never giving this punishment again. Because this was something too difficult for him to see even. But the fact is that, when someone has committed a crime of such nature, then they deserve an equally violent punishment. Why? As an example for the rest of the people. Because the thing is that when you find out that so and so did this, then you kind of get encouraged. You're like, I can also do this. And then you go a step ahead. So in order to stop that, when the punishment is so serious, then nobody's going to come near it. No matter how many people have done it, he's not going to do it. Except for those who return, meaning who repent, before you catch them, before you have power over them. Then know that indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful. What does it mean? That, let's say there's a criminal. Let's say he's a serial killer. He has killed many people, raped many women. He has abducted many people. Let's say he's done many crimes, destroyed many people's property. And then one day he realizes, what am I doing? I should change. This is not right. So he does tawbah to Allah. He promises he's never going to do it. He's still not caught. He promises he's never going to do it again. And he brings a complete change to his life, and becomes a different person. Now let's say he changes, and then after some time, people catch him. People find him and they catch him. But he's done tawbah. So in this case, such a person will not be punished. Why? Because he has done tawbah. Because Allah is forgiving and merciful. Yes, he committed many crimes in the past, but he is sorry for them, he's not going to do them again. So no punishment will be given. But, if let's say he committed murder, and the heirs come and they say, no, we want qisas. Then yes, qisas will be done. The people demand that their property be returned to them, then yes, it will be returned. But the legal punishment from the Islamic law point of view, that will not be given. Why? Because Allah is forgiving and merciful. And there are many incidents that we learn about this verse. That for example, there was a man by the name of Ali al-Asadi. This person, he did many crimes. He killed many people. He was a highway robber. People who were traveling. He would harass them, take their property. You name it, he had done it. Many crimes. The people, the leaders, everyone was after him to catch him. But such people sometimes are too quick. So nobody can get their hands on them. So this person, nobody could catch him. But anyway, one day, he heard somebody reciting the Qur'an. He heard somebody reciting the ayah, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَا الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ That, O my servants who have committed many wrongs against themselves, don't despair from the mercy of Allah because Allah can forgive all sins. So when he heard that verse, he said to the man, O servant of Allah, recite it again. Because he wanted to make sure he heard it correctly. So he had that man recite the ayah again. The man recited the ayah again. So then Ali al-Asadi, he put his sword down. He went to Medina. He left everything, went to Medina. He did tawbah. He did tawbah and he basically arrived in the night so that nobody could see him. In the morning, the people recognized him. Because everybody knew all over, that there's a man, Ali Al-Asadi, who has harmed many people. Everybody is after him. So when they saw him, they caught him. And he said that, no, I've done tawbah, you can't do anything to me. I've changed my ways, I've done tawbah. Abu Hurayr who was asked. And he said, yes. This person has done tawbah. If he's done it, then we can't do anything to him. And then he was taken to the governor. and He said the same thing. So he was forgiven. Now this man, he had truly repented. And the sign of that was that he went for jihad then. He went and joined the Muslim armies. He went and joined them. And basically the Muslims were fighting at the sea. And the Muslims were on a ship. And this man was also on a ship. And there was the enemy ship. So when he saw the enemy ship coming, Ali al-Asadi, what he did, he jumped onto their ship. Imagine, somebody jumping onto another ship. So when he did that, it was a boat perhaps. The soldiers of the enemy, I mean, they got terrified that this man has jumped onto our boat. What is he going to do? Is he going to eat us up? What is he going to do? So they all ran towards one side because they were terrified. They ran towards one side. You can imagine what happened on a boat. If the weight is on one side, it's going to topple over. So it toppled over. He died. And all the soldiers in the boat also died. But this man, I mean, one person, how many people can he kill, right? If he's fighting them by hand. But through this way, Allahu A'lam, what his intention was, but by this way, he managed to kill so many of the enemies. We also learn about Abdullah bin Mubarak. We know him as a great scholar, but he was not a great scholar always. His parents were very righteous, he was just in the wrong company and he would commit theft repeatedly. One night he got to somebody's house to commit theft over there and he heard someone reciting the Quran. Has the time not come for the people who believe that their hearts humble to the remembrance of Allah? So when he heard that ayah, he said, yes, it is time. It is time. And he just stopped right there. He's like, I'm not doing this stuff anymore. He left everything and went, sat in the company of great scholars and became a great scholar himself. And there are many examples of people who commit serious crimes, sometimes out of ignorance, sometimes weakness of the heart, the weakness of the soul, or rather the strength of the evil soul. So they commit many crimes, but then they do tawbah. So Allah says, if they do tawbah, then... Leave them, spare them, do not punish them, because in Allah Rahim, Allah is forgiving and merciful. And when He can forgive, then you can too. Let's
2: listen to the recitation. <laughs> قال ياويلة عجزت أن أكون مثل هذا الوراب فأواري سوء أخي فأصبح من النادمين من أجل ذلك كتبنا على بني إسرائيل أن من قتل نفسه بغير نفس أو فساد في الأرض فكأنما فكأنما قتل الناس جميعا ومن أحياها فكأنما أحي الناس جميعا إنما جزاء الذين يحاربون الله ورسوله ويسعون في الأرض فسادا the Lord and you أو a أو تقطع أيديهم وأرجلهم من خلاف أو ينفوا من الأرض.
0: So what's the take-home lesson?
1: One of the lectures I had attended, um, Sheikh Hansa Yusuf, had mentioned something so profound. He said, um, you know, if you see somebody doing something you dislike, don't ever judge them because who they are today may not be who they are tomorrow. And who they are tomorrow may be better than who you are today. So who are we to say anything about anybody? And the examples you just gave of all these people that used to be thieves or whatever, you know, their end... SubhanAllah, they were like among the righteous. So we're never to look at anybody and think anything at all. Yes, very true. And I was thinking that all of us need to reflect that is there any type of facade that we are committing? Even if it's something as simple as, okay, you know what, maybe I'm not cleaning my room and if my sibling is coming in there and they fall over things and hurt themselves, it's just a simple thing. Or maybe, you know, somebody is being hurt by my words. And if so, then I need to fix myself because I'm hurting that person. I am causing facade in their life. They're very uncomfortable by me. So just simple things like this, but we need to figure out, is there any type of facade that we
0: are involved in and then eliminate that from our lives. Fasades such as jealousy, hatred in the heart for others, because it leads to violent behavior, right? Behavior, evil words which can hurt others, and this can escalate and get so worse that leads people literally to killing others. I mean, if you read about the stories of various criminals, you find out that they were not known as violent people before. There was something brewing inside never surfaced, but eventually it came out. Because what was brewing inside should have been dealt with when it was small. So one lesson that I have learned from myself is that let's eliminate violence from our lives. Whether it is violence in words, in demonstrating anger at your spouse or at your child or at your sibling, no violence. A believer is violence free he is non violent there is no room for violence in our religion Subhanakallahum bihamdi. hamduka nashhadu ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayh. assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh